Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 278, recorded on April 30th, 2020. On tonight's episode, we talk about what little news we have, like no Nintendo Direct in June. What? We discuss what will help us through this time of game delays, a few events, and community questions. Jesse, play that funky music. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Nintendo Dads, episode 271. I am Marty Estes, and I'm glad to be back on the show. It's good to be Woo! back with you folks again. And joining me tonight for the brief bit of news that we do have, uh, two of the best guys on the Internet, first being Mr. Jesse Waldack, all the way from the barbecue capital of the world. <laughs> How's it going, brother? Good. It, it, it's... You know, it's a weird news week when one of your news items that there won't be future news. Right. <laughs> That's... It's the end of the world as we know it. There is no more news. We're sorry. <laughs> we'll just have to There's nothing on. we can do about it. But you're good. You're well. I, I am unusually exhausted. I don't know why. But other than that, I am well. Yes. You know, Thank I you. heard somebody the other day talking and I think it was in our discord and maybe it was Dan Caparello uh, block for it he was saying that he's just not it's not it's not like he's just like tired like oh I need a nap tired it's like I'm exhausted my mind is tired my soul is tired and uh, like I feel that right now like I was like yes good way to put it I get it yeah it's uh, like I'm worn out and a lot of people it might be all the Picross I've been playing because, you know, I know for you, it's an infuriating thing. For me, it's more of a relaxing thing. And, sure. you know, I, I, I have dozed off in the middle of a puzzle before. Hey, so have I. <laughs> Except it's me just sitting there waiting for some inspiration to come. And I don't know. It does happen. Also joining us all the way uh, from Michigan, not Minnesota, Tim Off. <laughs> I was waiting for Minnesota, but next time, if you do Minnesota, you'll have to come up with some place in Minnesota just to add on to it. But, the Midgey. Um, you, those people, <laughs> like in Minnesota, they have like weird town names like Minnetonka. Keegan and Screwcatchewan. And <laughs> see, I, I mean, like, I don't know. Makes sense. That's where the Mega Dads are. Right? The weird words so. I'm saying are actually cities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I don't. I actually, here's the thing: if I don't know any cities in Minnesota, does it really exist? Good question. You don't know Saint Paul. Very good question. It's the capital. You should have learned that when you were a kid. What's What's the capital? Saint Paul. Oh yeah. yeah I forgot all that information. <laughs> I don't Saint remember Paul, anything. I Saint learned Paul in is just like the entire state of Minnesota, eh? <laughs> right? Don't you know? It's probably uh, got the, well the, that. The Twin Cities metro area probably has a, a high percentage of the population. If you listen to us state. in Minnesota, prove that you're real. That's all I want to know. I guess send us some proof that you're real. Tim, Tim, how you doing, man? How are you? Doing great. Doing great. I mean, I, I certainly agree with the whole, you know, just maybe if for some of us who are stuck at home, I'm furlough and all that kind of stuff. Uh, 
it's a whole other different exhaustion, I guess, if you will. So that makes sense what was said. But overall, I'm still happy to be home. I'm learning new ways of doing things of how to help my family while I'm home and stuff like that. And um, and being able to find time to play games is still actually harder than I thought it would be if I was stuck at home. You know what I mean? Right. So, <laughs> so it's very interesting. But well, I'm thankful now, for like, the time I have. So, Like in my case... I'm having to battle my wife for time on Animal Crossing. Right. Yeah. We've kind of got it. I think we've kind of got it figured out. Like I take the mornings and she takes the evenings. Okay. So that makes sense. Well, How are you doing, Marty? I, I'm good. I'm good. I just like, like you said, really, really tired. And it just seems like, you know, I think that the the hard part of it, and I think what a lot of people are really struggling with, and I don't want to like chase a rabbit for too long, but this may be helpful for somebody. Yes. Um, I think that part of the, the reason that we're all so tired is that, you know, for a lot of people, they used to be able to leave work at work. Yes. And now work is everywhere. Like it's yes. constant. It's always here it's always around and <laughs> you know yeah so uh, at least for me it is uh, yep. at least I, I like i feel that on a deep level like it's yeah. it's, it's it's everywhere and, well one of the things that i learned for sam for his school because uh one of the things i had to learn about it to help him with his adhd and this type of situation that could help for anybody that i thought when i learned it was when you're home in this type of environment and you're doing things all day at your house, try to set up environments within your house that will change. So like for him, I had to learn something like if he's having reading time, set up a reading area. So he's not just sitting in one spot the whole day. And I'm sure Matt Marty, you guys do homeschool. Maybe there's some stuff like that that they do. For yeah. Homeschooling, there's, but. there's some good wisdom in that. Yeah. Yeah. My wife homeschools at the, the kitchen table. And that mm-hmm. is like, that's where homeschool happens. Yes. You know? So they know that. Um, and they know that, you know, when you go to the table, you sit down and you stay there until your, your work's done. Right. Or you go to the bathroom. Right. I mean, like, yeah. you can get up to do that. We're not going to get <laughs> Here, up. Put this diaper like, on and do your we're school not gonna, We're not going to, like, wander <laughs> around the house and, yeah. like, you know, go to our room and hang out. I don't know. <laughs> right. So before we move on, Joe in the chat says, listening from the very real state of Minnesota right now. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And I'm sorry I made fun of your state. I'm sure it's lovely. Um, Feel free to send all jokes about Tennessee or the South to (laughs) this email doesn't exist at (laughs) nintendodads.com. Teach us more about Minnesota besides yes. Mega Dad's teaching us because, you know, that doesn't work. Right. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> let's move on before we bore people about Minnesota and how we're doing and all that stuff. And let's get into the news. And our news is brought to us by you fine folks over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for the next 30 days, you can join in and have an absolutely free Patreon subscription to the best Nintendo community on the internet. I said it. Yes. I said it and I meant it. 
All right. So you can go in there and, and for free. I mean, it's not a joke. We're not going to we're not going to reverse and charge you midway through the month or anything like that. Uh, but for the entire month of May, you can see what it's like to be a patron of the show for free. And uh, that is our, our gift to you in the midst of this uh, pandemic. And uh, we didn't charge in April and we're not charging in May. Uh, we will resume charges in June. Um Unless we make a decision to do otherwise, we'll see. I don't yep. know. I don't. We'll think. let everybody know for sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll let you know. Uh, we'll let you know at least a week in advance. All right, so that you have plenty of time. Uh, you'll know by an announcement on the show. You'll also know via email and Patreon. And Patreon, yeah. So yeah, so we'll promise we're going to take care of you. Um, so anyway. Uh, you can head over there, patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Go for any tier. Any tier allows you to go in the Discord. But if you want access to the deep recesses of the Discord archives, <laughs> then you need the $5 and up tier. All right? That gets you a little bit more access than everyone else. See all the old stuff that was there from day one. And that's, that's right. Still, that's right. That's still not enough, you can go... The ten dollar route to get the pre and post show recordings. That is correct. Yes. Where yes. tonight we had a wonderful pre show recording where for five minutes we sat and didn't talk. So because we were all, we were all doing typing. something, we were all doing something. <laughs> it was a forty minute pre show, but there was probably only twenty five minutes. It's cool. Of like Tim, Tim was doing actual <laughs> stuff for the show, and I was playing with Transformers. <laughs> so I mean, it just happens. That's there you go. I mean, they're here on my desk and that's that's what I do. Like when I think sometimes I go and get one of my transformers and yep. I do that's it when we need the thing. video version of the pre-show so you can see right. who's doing that, right? right. Yeah, well for, for, for a while I wasn't sure if anyone actually listened to them until the, we stopped doing it by accident and then people are so saying, Hey, where are these shows? So people are listening. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And hey, uh, while we're here and in the uh, in the orbit here, I want to uh, shout out uh, a brand new patron of the show, uh, and that is Joe is cool. He hopped in this week and became a patron of the show. So Joe, thank you for hopping in, and thank you to everybody who has come in during this trial to try us out. Uh, and we hope that uh, if you're able to come June, you'll you'll stick around. All right, maybe maybe you opted in at the thirty dollar level and you bump down to the one dollar level at in June and you just give us a dollar a month. Listen, here's what we want you to know: there's absolutely no shame in that. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to do it. We get it. You just wanted to taste everything, and now you you just if you just want to support it a dollar, that's cool. Or if you're just like, hey, I wanted to be the thirty dollar patron for a month and now I don't want to give you anything at all. Cool, that's fine. All right, we get it. Uh, it's we're all out here scratching and trying to make a living, right? So, yep. um, anyway, Joe, thanks for hopping in. Everybody else, thanks for hopping in. Let's talk about some news. There's a huge rumor that is going around. Uh, began this afternoon. It uh, kind of blew up around dinner time for me and uh, started circulating, and then continued to circulate enough that we began to use the old adage for me, where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, I began to see not one website reported on it, but two, then three, then 10. 
Here it is, guys, if you haven't heard it. Uh, the rumor is, is that Nintendo has contacted developers and told them that there will not be a Nintendo Direct for E3 this year due to the coronavirus. This is the point where I have reached my breaking point with this virus. I am done. This sucks. Yes. It's just now? I hate it. Well, I mean, before I was, was done, terrible. I hated it when they canceled no, it like, in the first place because I had to yeah, cancel like, a flight. Well, see, you had a, you had a bigger reason because, like, you were going right? right. I was like, I get why you would be like, you'd be super <laughs> upset about that. But up until now, I've been like, man, I've been at home a lot. I've been hanging out with my kids. We've been playing more games. Been eating a lot of great food. I, I mean, yeah, there's some downsides, but. Today, this is the last straw. We're done. By the looks of the chat, I don't think they heard the message until now. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, breaking news, guys. Uh, this has been um, reported on. Uh, Tim, maybe you can help me out here. I saw it on Eurogamer, uh, which, I mean, that's probably the biggest Game Explain thing. had it on there, Game too. Game Explain. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised at all if IGN picks it up tomorrow and runs with it. I think Venture um, Beat, I think, was the first Venture one Beat to run with it. Venture Beat was the first it. one, and then and the, the others What they post usually is pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there and was at the a- beginning, let's be honest, they were even saying this is the rumor we're hearing because we're not hearing it from Nintendo directly. So this is not a Nintendo confirmation, like, no, we're not going to have something. But... But as it we know, in and makes there sense. is no such thing as a Nintendo confirmation that there isn't a direct. They just don't do it. Yeah, they don't tell you. <laughs> it's like there's no confirmation that there is a direct. You just wake up one morning and it's there. Right. And, and you say, thank you, sir. May I please have another? Nope. No, no. <laughs> you can't. You can't have any. Um, so... Like, I don't even know how we discuss this. Well, other than, like, it kind of to, makes to, sense to me because, you know, it, you know, Nintendo doesn't want to be just first party Nintendo news. They want to talk about third parties, but with every developer shop either shutting down or on skeleton crews and work from homes, which may or may not be more efficient, there's just less to show. And, you know, even if there's only two or three things, they're used to showing 20 or 30 things and, if they show the two or three, even if they're big, people are saying, where's everything else? But there's nothing else to show. So I'm kind of okay with this. I kind of expected this. Yeah. Do you think that this is... Um, I, I know I'm, I'm wandering into the weeds a little bit when I ask this. What do you think this means for um, Microsoft and Sony, who have said, we will have something? You know, like IGN. Well, they both have hardware launches. They better have something soon. Yeah, like it IGN may not has be June, but they they've got stuff to talk about. But but IGN announced that they've got these these previews and things coming from developers in June. Or they well they said summer. Right. Well, I think a and lot I of those we weren't necessarily. I don't think those were most of the, the developers they were taking on. I think are more the indies and the smaller studios, not necessarily the big ones. You know, we would expect Bethesda and Microsoft and Sony and Ubisoft to do their own thing probably at the same time if they're smart. 
but I wouldn't expect well, them to be picking, to just to riding the IGN thing. Well, Microsoft is doing their May seventh unveiling of video games for the Xbox Series X console on May seventh. That's you know a week. It's a week away, right? But, <laughs> so. you know, like, but this is probably just games. There's still you know a console, you know. Console well, yeah. What, well, I'm saying is come, it's not in which, the June time. It's right. right now in May. They're going to show some of these games, which would have probably been around the E3 time. I would think. I would. I would have thought and, maybe and, they would have shown. And let's talk about another way know. of looking at this, right? So the rumor is broke that there's not going to be a E3 direct, right? Yep. Uh, like, why could there not be one in July? Why could there not? Maybe, maybe there's more to this than just yeah, that, hey, it's not going to happen. Yeah, right. I I think they're obviously going to say something at some point. You know, you know, July, early August is likely. Well. But they've got to outline their plans past Xenoblade. Right. They're probably going to drop little bits here and there as they as they can. You know, it just won't be one. It, it kind of makes me think of how Nintendo loves to tweet about things. I, I was just going to say about. the same thing. They've been doing more drops like, Twitter. Hey, and, here's this and, Mario Maker update, or, and it comes or, out in two days. Or just a random yeah. PR. You know how how, how things used to be. <laughs> yeah. Or, hey, here's some Luigi's Mansion DLC. Oh, by the way, it's out right now. Yeah. So, uh, but but this makes me wonder, uh, as we think about Nintendo, like, you know, that's a big deal for them not to have that, uh, about the state of the industry as a whole, as it relates to coronavirus right now. And what's it says Twitter pie. Direct. Um, yeah, Twitter Direct. They do like to do the Twitter Direct thing. Um Especially for like console announcements. Oh, hey, here's a coral version of this. Oh, hey, here's the 3DS XL. Uh, it's out next week. Uh, yeah. But like, think, think about this. If Nintendo is feeling the crunch then uh, of this, then everybody is at, at this point. Uh, we've already seen the, the whole drama around The Last of Us and Naughty Dog and delays and then the leak and, and then the now leaks. it has a release date and, um, well, something so this goes we, to Tsushima, and yeah, it was then, some, then there's like the PS4, uh, or I mean, the sorry, the PS5 and the, the Series X are very nebulous out here. Like we something we, we kind of remember is Nintendo is still, even though th- they seem big, they're still a lot smaller than Microsoft and Sony. They are they run small, they run lean, and they don't have probably the manpower that Sony and Microsoft do with the marketing and all that kind of stuff. So with the coronavirus stuff and people working from home, uh, getting all this information together or doing things is a lot harder. It seems like, so, um, that might be the biggest key to all this and why it's being delayed or not done in June. Um, we're not having an E3, so there's no pressure. They'll, They'll do a direct when they can, and maybe they'll just continue to do the drops like they've been doing, where it's just if they have one game they're going to talk about, there'll be that drop at, you know, in the middle of the night. It says, hey, here's, you know, Mario 3D World, you know, port, you know, here you go. So, and just one ones and twosies here and there. Yeah, I, I think, and we're getting into something that I think you want to talk about later on in the show, but I can see it being a very port-heavy year. 
um, for for Nintendo, uh, especially toward the end of the year. As because right now, what what we're not talking about and kind of the elephant in the room about this issue is, is that if we're losing directs, if we're losing video promo, uh, video, you know, like events because of this, we're also losing dev time for games that we don't even know about yet that are on down the pike. So, and, and who, like I said, who knows what they are? Yeah. All the companies are hit, so it's just going to be like we just got this long break, probably. So that we're going to see, and, and, and you know, before <laughs> you, before people like go like and flip out about that, maybe that's good because we were did we not spend like the the latter half of last year complaining <laughs> about our backlogs? Yes. So there yeah. you go. I and know that there, I have in, gone in back March. To I was okay with it because I, I was finally going into my backlog. And now the last two weeks, I've been swimming in other games that I'm, I'm backlogging again. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I, I, uh, I've I've actually gone back to some games that that I had put down, and I'm glad that I have. Like um, I have gone back, and I haven't started it yet, but I actually reinstalled it on my PS4, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I got it for 10 bucks last Christmas, two Christmas ago and never played it. So like I played like the first hour and I would not remember any of it. So I want to go back and play that. I've heard such good things about it. Yeah. Um, there, there's games that people would probably like it consider a criminal offense that I've never played and finished. Um, the last of us is one of them. <laughs> like it came up with my son's PS4 and I played it once and never did anything with it after that. Yeah. So it's there, like it's lurking out there. Like I could, well, I can't get away from Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and another downside about having this, knowing there isn't, or the rumor of if this June announcement time frame not being there is what we talked about a few weeks ago is, you know, hoping that they extend the life of vouchers. If they're not going oh, to yeah. make any announcements, yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be announcing extensions either. Maybe, maybe, Jesse, uh, you need to be emailing Nintendo or calling customer service and bringing this to their attention. Just saying. Are they even open still? I guess their customer service is still open, just not their repair. They are still open. Yeah, they are. Yes. Yeah, because I, I know because I had a friend who is on his third set of Joy-Cons that are now drifting and he can't get anything done about them. Yeah. And he's talking about tearing them down. He's like, I've got six, so if I lose two, it's not a big deal. I had an eShop issue that they took care of really well. Good. So, yeah, they're on top of things there as far as customer awesome. service goes. So, guys, really there's nothing more, I think, to say here other than uh, – this is this is not it's a rumor with power. Let's put it that way. Like it's it's got some it's got some steam behind it. Uh I would love for it to be wrong, but I don't think it's going to be. I think this is probably the truth and uh Nintendo is probably just going to I I think in this case, you know, we we joked around about them not telling us whether a direct was coming or not. I think in this case they probably will say something at some point because that there's that big presentation at E3 that's kind of expected every year now. And E3 canceling is not going to be enough for them. Like they need to make some kind of statement and just say, Hey, it's, 
it's it's either it's not happening this week. We'll let you know, or even if they just say, even if it was like the that even if it was just what I just said, like hey, it's not happening this week, but we'll let you know it is still happening. It's just at a later date, and we'll let you know more soon. I would yeah. be totally fine with that. Just an acknowledgement of, yeah, we slowed down. No, we can't help it, but we get it. We'll be back when we can. Yeah. That would be great. And it's possible, um, too, that maybe they will uh, join in on the IGN summer thing that they're doing and do show off one game during that time for, for that event. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. That would that would be a cool surprise. I think that would that would be interesting. Be a great time to drop Super Mario 3D World Deluxe. Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, th- last week you guys talked about a little bit uh, about the the trouble that Nintendo had found themselves in with Nintendo accounts, um, and they were having to look into the issue of perhaps uh, unauthorized access to those accounts. Well, this week Nintendo confirmed that over 150,000 Nintendo accounts were accessed with uh, by unauthorized means, which means they were hacked, uh, and people had to go and reset their passwords and had all kinds of crazy things happen. In the midst of that, Nintendo has kind of buffed up the way that you log into uh, my Nintendo. They've added login with Apple uh, this week. They've added two-factor authentication, which I immediately turned on for mine and my son's accounts. Uh, because we both have financial information in there and none of my other accounts do. Uh, but also this week, Nintendo quietly announced that you will no longer be able to log into your My Nintendo account with your Nintendo Network ID. It sounds so like Tim, that's where the exploit was. Yeah. So, Tim, tell us, or, or Jesse, either one, I like, I just log in. Like, it just works. Like, I have it saved on my phone <laughs> or my computer. What does... First, first things first, for some people who may be new to Nintendo, what is the Nintendo Network ID? Uh, and why is this a big change? Why is this important? Nintendo Network ID is what was used to log in to the, the Wii U eShop and then also pair it with the 3DS as well. Even though the, the 3DS is meant to be a single profile system. Once you have a profile, there's no way to not to unprofile it other than doing a system reset. But at least with the Wii U, you can have, you know, multiple accounts and each one having its own and an ID if you want it to go online. Then when the Switch launched, they had allowed people to kind of migrate their NNID data to my Nintendo account data by logging in through their NNID information. Once that was done, then you can set your own password to that account and then continue to access it by email and password without ever needing to use the NNID anymore, even though it was still valid. So it sounded like the exploit where that impacted 160,000 accounts uh, was because of accounts that was still paired with an NNID. Like you know, mine was, like the morning after we recorded last week, I got an email saying that I got someone logged in from Russia. So, you know, I... I I logged out that that account. I changed my password, and then that was that. Also, the morning they announced that the NNID was gone. Yeah, and all kind of snowballed. I didn't have anything financial taken, so I wasn't too concerned. Well, that's good at least. Um, The two-factor authentication that Nintendo chose to go with, though, uh, is a little confusing. Uh, for those of you who have maybe not enabled this on your account yet, 
Uh, you have to download the Authenticator app from Google uh, onto your smart device and then use that to punch in a code uh, that, that pops up after you click something on the website. And I, I thought that was an odd choice. It's kind of like send an email or it's a standard now, you know, you know, before all the mobile apps, the industry standard were, you know, RSA tokens. Like I still have an old one here that isn't valid anymore. It basically, it it just generates a six digit number every minute. And at the end of the minute, it generates a new six digit number. So there's, you know, the, the seed on the token is paired with with this on your account. So the account knows what the six-digit number is valid for that minute. And this is the similar technology now just in your app. And with the Google Authenticator, it's able to have multiple tokens running at the same time. So I, you know, I, I have one because of Epic Games wanting yes. to uh, uh, 2FA as well to access the uh, free games for this week uh, for the next few weeks. But if I, I haven't done Nintendo's yet, but if I did, that I would see, you know, both six digit codes run at the same time, changing every minute. F4. Yeah, four. So, so <laughs> yep. that's kind, that's kind of an industry standard now. Yep. It's, and this is actually I, one I area that Nintendo, this is one area that Nintendo actually does better than Sony because Sony also uses two factor authentication. But with Sony, when you log in and use two-factor, you have no matter if you're doing it on the same device, you got to use the two-factor all the time, every time you log in. Whereas Nintendo, if you're using the same device and you, the first time you log in with the authenticator, you don't have to use the authenticator again. Um, So so it it learns which devices are trusted. Yes. So. Yes, as opposed to where, like I said, on the Sony side, it's like. They use text. They text you to the to the phone. You've verified their two factor code, and then you put that in. And then, but you got to do it every time you log in. So no matter how many times you've done it on that that same device, <laughs> that's the, right. that's the part of two factor that frustrates me. And for companies that do it that so way, so we we would recommend that if you have not locked down your Nintendo network or your your my Nintendo account, that you do so. Do it so that uh, whatever exploit was being run doesn't continue to be run and ends up costing you some money or costing you some time. Right. Um, we you know, we kind of get after Nintendo a little bit for being behind the curve, but at least they're being super proactive with this. I think, or you know, in for the amount of was, customers that were affected, it was a pretty small number compared to a lot that's of true. other companies yeah. that are affected with. Well, uh, I think because. The majority of Switch owners had, did not own a Wii U, so they had no <laughs> NNID to import. <laughs> they would not be affected. That's very true. It's only us, uh, it's our only hardcore us. fans, you know, yeah. they have our, <laughs> us early adopters. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, other news here that we want to mention is that uh, Tim, I think this is is the most excited among us about this, is that the Burnout Paradise trailer dropped. Uh, this week with a June 19th release date confirmed. Uh, it had been out there for a little bit, but basically now confirmed by EA. Um, Tim, why should we be hyped for this game? It's old. Yes. Uh, like it's an old game, uh, but it's been a long, it's been a minute since burnout has been on the, a Nintendo console. Yes. Uh, why should we be excited? Like hype me up for burnout paradise. 
Okay, I will try. I can only say why I'm hyped for it. So hopefully it'll make others hype for it. But again, it is an older game. It's a PS3 game that they did remaster and bring over the PS4. And this is a similar type of game where they get all the DLC and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm not sure on the graphics and all that, how it compares to the PS4 version. But uh, to me, when I watched the trailer that dropped today, I uh, or at least what I got tagged on it by by Nintendo dad's account, Twitter account, um, that it, I was very excited to watch that and see that it was launching on June 19th, which I think the rumor was anyways. Um, but it was confirmed. And so I'm super excited about it. And it's basically, it's been a while since I played it, but I think I, I have it on the PS4. I had it on the PS3. Um, but it's an open world. You drive in your car and you look for races you look for trouble, essentially. <laughs> You're, you know, driving to find cars, race with cars, unlock cars, motorcycles. I think we're even in it, um, and then even some crazy cars like the Ecto One and the DeLorean are in it, as we saw in the video that was launched too, which I'm excited about. Uh, but there's a lot of DLC that's coming with it, and I love racing games. And I've been excited about Asphalt 9 that's been on the Switch. I've been playing that a lot. And I've talked about a lot about that game. Um, but this is a little bit different because it's not like a free-to-play where you have to keep paying for it. You just pay the one-time cost for the game and it's you race other people or game people, um, NPCs, I guess, if you will. Um, and that that's how you unlock some of the other vehicles and stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't remember if there was an, there might be an online portion too. I think there is where, but I don't know if this will be in the Switch version where you can see other people racing in that, in the same area. But again, it's been a while since I played the Burnout series. I'm excited about it because it sounds like they might have some new soundtracks too for it, which the old game had, you know, of course, the, uh, Welcome to the Jungle or Paradise City by Guns, Guns and Roses and all that kind of stuff along with other tracks from popular bands. So may maybe have some new ones that they, so they new licenses. They, they spent half their budget licensing songs. Yeah. Yes. A lot of that time. And, uh, I'm just, uh, for me, it's exciting to see not only that, but EA bringing it. It's obviously an EA game. They're bringing this over and hopefully a lot of people are excited. I read a few comments from the Twitter post that Nintendo gave, and there's a lot of people like, Oh, it looks old and all that kind of stuff. But, Usually we hear a lot of the negative stuff first, but then, you know, we still see a lot of people buy games, you know, so like Pokemon and Animal Crossing, <laughs> you know, when people complain a lot, but still see millions and millions sold. So, but yeah, again, that's why I'm excited yeah, too, because EA is taking a chance. I'll be honest. I think this game is going to do well. I think that EA wouldn't be bringing it if they didn't think it was going to do good. Right. Like, yeah. because they're, them being on the Switch is, is a, to them is still a calculated risk. Yep. So they're bringing their, their best stuff over with this and uh, with um, Borderlands and all that other stuff. Right. Well, uh, that's 2k, but yes, well, they're, yeah, they're not responsible for that. Sorry. That's uh, okay. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot for, make some, but it's still a lot of those companies bringing their, yeah, ports but I mean, over those, too, like, so. yeah, like the, here come the ports, but it's all stuff that's been out for a while, but it's all stuff that sells really well. Right. And Nintendo fans are going to eat it up because if you've only had Nintendo systems, you've never gotten any of this stuff. Like but Justin. I, 
Yeah, like I want to. All I want to say about burnout, uh, the 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 paradise game is. I love the idea of it, but no burnout game to me will ever be as good as Burnout Three. Burnout Three was awesome. Yes, and I wish, like I, I'm one of those people who not everything has to be open world. Yeah. All right. Like just give me really well-designed tracks and really well-designed objectives and I'm good. I don't need a world to drive around in. I I agree. That would be like the crash mode in burnout three, where you tried to create the most spectacular crashes was the most fun thing. And like, I remember playing it in college and it kept me and my buddies up at night. Like they we did add that to paradise over and over and over. Did they? Yes. They added that mode to paradise. Oh, so, okay. See, I didn't know uh, that. It was uh, either DLC or something they added on. Well, and one thing to mention here is that that game, uh, I know it's getting flat because they're going to sell it for full price. But what you've got to realize here is it comes with eight DLC packs. It's coming with all of the game's yes. DLC. It's fifty bucks, but well, should be well worth it because yeah, it's a I'm, lot. Of I like that right there. Probably sold me on the game, Tim. You yeah. tell me that that's in there. Like I'm, that was my favorite part of the Burnout series. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and I was so I'm sad. Gonna, I'm going to double check that too. Because I played, I played my facts uh, here. Paradise back on on the 360, and it, I, I don't know. Like it was okay. I guess it was okay. Yeah, I felt like. To me, I felt like it focused more on the open world and trying to be like Need for Speed than it did feel like Burnout. It so, was definitely a combination of the two. And that might be what I'm confusing like the online portion with is the Need for Speed games that I played. Right. Uh, the last one that I liked was Hot Pursuit. And um, uh, shoot, there was another one I really liked too that was on the PS Vita that I really liked too. And yeah. um those games were awesome. The need for speed games. Um, and they were a lot of open world and you could meet people online. So that might be what I'm okay. thinking of and confusing it. Cause it is, there's a lot of similarities there, like you said, but I'm going to double, definitely double check. If it's not stated yet, we'll keep an eye on that for the portion that you said you like that. I also like for burnout three that was brought over. Cause I think a lot of people wanted that, that, you know, set up the scene, try to cause as much damage as possible with your vehicle yeah. type of thing. And I was a great stress reliever after a long day of yes, class. I'm going to say 99% sure that that's, that was brought over. So. That and uh, creating my professors in uh, WWE No Mercy and just <laughs> eating the ever loving mess out of them. Yes. 60 minute Iron Man match, no DQ. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. See, uh, it, does, so, it says so, something about a leave a very expensive trail of wreckage in your rear view and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah. There were some people in the chat that were kind of picking on EA saying that, you know, they're still wishy-washy with Switch having sold over, over 50 million units, yet they're starting to support Stadia. Really? Well, that's, and, oh, hey, my gosh. Hey, listen, can I tell you something? <laughs> At least somebody's supporting Stadia. Yeah. Because it's right. not gamers. Well, you know, it, though, I've thought about it. It makes sense because... this business sense, right? It's, well, it's 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 financially good for them because it costs a little to any to port this to Stadia because right. it's already built in a similar architecture as what a PC would be. You know, it yep. takes effort to go to Switch. It doesn't take effort to do this. 
Yeah, I couldn't be mad at that one. It made sense, so, definitely. I still don't like it. It actually makes but, me think of maybe picking yeah, it, up Stadia. <laughs> it makes sense. It, it's that alone is not enough to convince me, but uh, it needs a it needs some bigger backers. But uh, it's it's starting to it's starting to it's like oh I could play Madden on any device so hey then I wouldn't have to worry about it. But we'll see. It's just a little bit. You know, for for those for those of you on the Switch who are always who are. Um, you know, football fans, there's always Mutant League football. And it's it's actually yes. a surprisingly good football game beneath all of the, the the theme and everything. We actually got a comment on an old video that I did on YouTube back in the day when it first came out uh, and saying that they would really love to see, you know, people get more interested in that game. Uh, I love it. It's fantastic. Captures yeah. the spirit of the old ones really well. And if you're looking for that kind of you know, just a football game you can play, but also it's it's kind of zany and yeah. And Someone not, did say it scratches that mad niche. Yeah, so. not so. It's not so technical that you can't get into it if you don't like like if you don't want like a sim style. So game, it's more arcadey right? than sim. Yeah, yeah, I would say definitely. so. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. And by the way, so, the the uh, going back to the burnout paradise thing. It, the other thing that was impressive is that. I mean, yes, it is an older game. I'm not forgetting that. But the fact that we've always heard complaints about Switch not keeping up graphically or running 60 frames per second a lot of times, this is calling out that it will be running uh, in glorious 60, you know, FPS. So I'm looking forward to it. So definitely yeah. looking forward to it. Awesome. Ubisoft's kind of calling me out a little bit <laughs> after I, after I poked fun of Stadia. Says he asked if Stadia had in television games, would I jump in? <laughs> I, I responded, if Amico wasn't a thing and they had a, de- a decent controller, uh, then that probably would have sold me. But the fact that you know we there's a, le- a legitimate television system coming, it, yeah, I'd rather go with that. <laughs> Well, I'll save my stadia opinions because they're not good. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Marty, this is the thing that they added now and that's reminded about going, sorry, going back to the burnout, burnout no, paradise fine. thing. The crash mode, which was the mode that we liked, uh, and all the other burnout games, they changed the name of it when they brought it over to paradise and it's called showtime and it can be initiated at any time and place in the game. Ooh. That's cool. So, Marty sold. I'm <laughs> even more intrigued. I'm yeah. I'm, it's it's sold. I'm I'm going. I'm, I gotta buy it. Uh, guys, let we're, we've got a discussion topic that I think we're going to probably spend a little bit of time on. Uh, but before we do that, let's hop over and talk about some events. Some of them that are in progress right now. <laughs> All right, guys, so uh, a couple of things that we want to remind you of, one of which is going on uh, right now, and it is the Splatoon 2 free demo that uh, began this Wednesday, uh, which by the time you hear this will be two days ago, and it goes until Wednesday, May 6th. So you've got uh, still got about three or four days. If you've never played uh, Splatoon uh, 2 and you'd like to jump in and try that out, it's completely free. It also gives you free access to Nintendo Switch Online. And by the way, 
someone alerted us to the fact today that all seven-day trials for Nintendo Switch Online, if you previously got one of those, it has been reset, and now you can go back in there and get another seven-day trial for free. So you can see what NES and SNES are like online. You can check out some games. You can download Tetris 99 and check that out. Uh, if you Animal have Crossing. any reservations about it at all and you don't have it, now is the time to check that out. Uh, especially during Splatoon, it'll allow you to play online uh, and do all that. Also, uh, starting to today, which is the first, a three-day Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Event Tournament Series Clash Donkey Kong versus Kirby. The tourney uh, features only characters and stages from Donkey Kong and Kirby games. So six characters available. King K. Rule, Diddy Kong, Donkey Kong, King DDD, Meta Knight, and Kirby. Uh, if you advance in the tournament, you will win spirits. And the further you advance, the better spirit you get. So if you're looking for something to do this weekend, hop in there and uh, get some uh, Donkey Kong or Kirby action going on with uh, Smash Brothers. Also coming up in about a week, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Open will be held again. Uh, here it begins on the 8th of May in North America, and you can do that straight from your version of Mario Kart 8, your Switch. You'll just race online and you'll, you know, win prizes for doing that. So pretty cool um, that that's... I like... I really like that Nintendo does stuff like this right now during this time. I, I really hope that they lean into that more during the months of May, June, and July, like here in the summer. That would be a great thing for them to lean into. Um, also of note this week, and this is kind of an event kind of news, uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 DLC pack was shadow dropped yesterday. It is now available. This is pack number two. It adds in uh, three new games in the screen park. It adds in three new costumes, uh, six new floor themes, along with six ghost themes and all kinds of other cool stuff. And it actually does some under the hood improvements to the game as well. So if you have uh, played Luigi's Mansion, uh, maybe you've dropped off on it because of something. Maybe you got stuck on a boss fight or something like that because of something unfair happening to you. Like uh, there were reports of people getting all the way to the end boss and then like him hanging up and not doing anything, <laughs> like just floating around and not attacking so you couldn't progress. Uh, so that it fixes a lot of that. All right. So uh, you can go download that now for free, but the DLC is uh, you do have to pay for it for the costumes and games, things like that. Uh, I, I would love to hear in the chat if anybody plays Luigi's Mansion multiplayer. Because Tim and I were talking about it before. Uh, the show started and like, to me, it's just not a game that screams multiplayer. Now, like maybe the, the, like the actual scare scraper mode, like, you know, going in and clearing floors of ghosts. I get that. But then like mini games in Luigi's Mansion, just to me, like, I don't, I just put them in Mario Party, you know, just make another Mario Party or DLC on Mario Brilliant Party. idea here. Just make <laughs> DLC for Mario Party and make a Luigi's Mansion themed board. Yes. And put all that stuff in there. Exactly. 
And I'm sure people would pay for it too. It doesn't uh, have to be free. I would absolutely pay for more mini games and new boards for Mario Party. Even like two years out. I'm sorry. I'd still do it. That's, that's always been a surprise to me that they hadn't done more with that. Yeah. Uh, and did, did anybody in the chat ever say that they, (laughs) that they play Luigi's Mansion? Cause I'm, I'm going to guess that's a very Joel. Says I have Scarescraper is the only play online is is the way to play online. Yeah, see, like I have played Scarescraper on Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon with my son, and it's pretty fun. I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's it's a it's a fun little mode, right? But like I can't see investing like major time into it or to any of that. So I don't know, Jesse. Any Pokemon Go events going on? Yeah, there's, there's, I've had an item in the news the last two weeks that Justin just kept kind of skipping over, so I can talk about it a little bit this week. Well, he's not here. Right. We're, <laughs> we're going we're to let you talk about it. Okay, so there. It's the, two weeks ago, it was just, this is coming, but this is actually live now. They have, uh, you can access a raid without having, without being there, as long as you can see it in the 3D world, which has like a three-quarter of a mile to a mile radius. Um, it requires a special raid pass that you can buy. They'll give you you know three for one coin, um, almost free, and you can buy more for, you know, in, in the shop for coins. Um, so you can, you know, at launch, it'll, you'll be just as powerful as normal, but uh, once this trial period is done, then you can you'll they'll still keep the the long distance rating available, but you'll will be at a diminished power, so you can't just get three people to do a level five raid from remote anymore. You actually have more people or join someone else's raid that you know if they're local and you're an add on, then you'll still help and get some credit for it, but you just can't solo it from remote. So, right, they don't have an ability to invite friends yet. I'm hoping they add it because, you know, yeah, there, there's a gym three miles down the road that is popular and, but it's out of my range. I, if I still want to go there, I still have to actually drive there or at least drive closer. So hopefully they, they give the ability to send invites. And then starting Tomorrow or May first, they're going to have a new weekly type of event. Yeah, it, if you go into where you're normally looking at your, like the daily quests, there's a, a new tab called the today, today's events or today's tab that you know gives information about what's going on today. There'll be a new limited time event uh, missions to accomplish. Normally, you can start you can start a mission. Within a certain time frame, but you're not required to end, finish it. You can finish it whenever you want. But these are you have to finish it before, within a week's time, and they'll they'll be running those at least through the month of May. I don't know if they plan on extending them to, into the summer or not, but you know, that that'll start tomorrow. Awesome, and the, and they've still got it where like even if you're away from places, it's spawning more Pokemon, right? Yeah, the spawn, the spawn rates are are increased. The uh, you know they they in, the incenses last longer. The it, you don't have to be as close to activate a gym. I think they've doubled that radius 
and still count it as if you're there to encourage distancing. Uh, the same is not true for stops. You still have to be just the same, just as close for a stop. And there's, uh, I think, egg hatches have been halved for like a month, and there's still another month of that still. So I've been hatching eggs like crazy. Okay. So if you're still out there and you're still playing Pokemon Go, uh, check out that Today tab. Check out those new missions. Lots to do. Um, Sounds like uh, they've added a lot of value to that. So without further ado, Tim, in just a second, I'm going to let you take this away. You've got something you want to discuss, so let's dive over into that. Go for it. <laughs> All right. So I figured I would ask this uh, question because of seems like more and more games are being delayed with the direct being delayed, potential of Nintendo delaying games we don't even know about um, because of... Well, we know why, but um, basically we're not going to get probably as much new games, which could be a good or a bad thing. But uh, games that are probably more further along and ready to go are probably easier to work on than games that are in the middle of it or starting off on. So we're going to get delays on a lot of new games. Uh, but there's potential, not saying it's any easier because it's still coding and all that kind of stuff. And but it might be easier to work individually than as a team to do a port or a DLC to some games. With that said, um, is there a game you're hoping it gets ported or DLC that drops that will help make delays hurt less? Is there something you would want to say, hey, Nintendo, you can't do Mario Odyssey 2, but give me this instead and I'll be happy. Or do this with the with a current game we have by releasing DLC, and I'll be happy. And two, chat, please please feel free to do the things. same thing. Two things: Super Mario freaking 3D World Deluxe. <laughs> Take Which game is that? What game Rock is that Sessions, <laughs> Melt it down in a pool of molten lava. Throw it in the garbage. <laughs> Why that game got a port before Mario Deluxe, Mario 3D World Deluxe, I will never understand. I love Jesse, I love that you love Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but my <laughs> goodness, the greatest 3D Mario game of all time is sitting on the Wii U and no one can play it. Give me that sweet 3D World Deluxe. Give me some new characters, maybe give me a new world. Add on 3D land. Add on 3D Woo! land. Come on. I love it. <laughs> I'm telling you, baby, that's what you're going to want. You're going to want the Mario 3D world coming in. Hit them with the plunder just like that, baby. <laughs> Number two. Number two. Super. I've already said this. Super Mario Party DLC. Now is the time. Unless Mario Party 2 is in development, I can't see any reason they would not do this. Quarantine, families at home, drop the DLC, give them a reason to go buy this game. Boom. Yeah. They've done that before, too, where they we haven't heard a peep about a game for a long time. And then all yes. of a sudden it's just like, oh, like, here's some DLC. Well, we thought New Leaf got DLC three years yeah. later. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
Right. That's so, the prime example. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, but those are the two for me. That uh, it, the Mario 3D World and Mario Party DLC. Perfect sense. Jesse. I would you? like to see like some of the older games remastered, like a Zelda 2. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, someone in the chat said Super Metroid. I don't know. That, that that game is so near perfect. I don't know if I'd want that remastered. <laughs> that is a lot. Of, yeah. I've seen a lot of people say so, that. So. Speaking uh, speaking of Metroids, I was uh, Zero Mission and Fusion could probably use an enhanced, you know, at least a better resolution than GBA. Metroid All Stars. I, I still that would, would be so awesome. I still would would rather it still be pixel art versus uh, going going three D. Mm-hmm. But at least improve the resolution than what a GPA can give you because that looks awful yes. on a on a sixty five inch screen. I've done it and it's not fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so very yeah. cool. And then I thought I had another one on the top of my head, but now it's gone. If I come, if I remember it, I'll speak up again. But those are my that's my short list. Okay. Yep. Uh, mine is, of course, and I'm sure it's not going to be a surprise to anybody, but Metroid Prime Trilogy. I mean, I, you know, that's been my guess for each year prediction that it would drop and stuff like that. And I'm just now it's just coming down to I would I would love to have that drop in the summertime or something or even sooner to say, here you go, you know, and be able to replay that on my switch. I would definitely move my dock to the TV for that. Um, uh, not necessarily play it here in the computer unless I had to do some, you know, playtime on Twitch or something like that. But that definitely, and the whole Metroid thing that you brought up uh, with the fusion and um, zero mission, and I would even throw in this um, the Return of Samus game that they had in 3DS if they could do a like I was joking a Metroid All Stars type collection where you could play a lot of the portable games on the Switch in a collection. Um, that would be really cool to do. And, and then again, with the Mario Kart thing, uh, DLC, I know we've talked about this a hundred times as well. If they're not doing Mario Kart nine, why not drop some more DLC, more tracks, more whatever, more bring in some other characters that are surprising, you know, that would be some great DLC because families, you know, along with the Mario party, Mario Kart. A lot of people buy that when they bought their Switch. It would be a perfect time now to drop DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. See, I'm, I'm completely on the Mario Kart 9 train. I think that's coming. I think that's... I think yes. that's... I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I know this is not a prediction show, but I think that's their big game for the second half of the year. It won't be surprising because they've done that before, too, where they're like, oh, let's work on this DLC, and then it became so big, they're just like, oh, screw it. We're yeah. going to make this a whole new yeah, game. I think, I think that either... <laughs> I'll say this, either Mario Kart 9 or Nintendo Kart is going to be their big game mm. this year. That's a good one. I thought of a few uh, more that I was not, thinking of. Well, I don't know, like Animal Crossing is like, I think is their big game this year. I really do believe that, but I think it's going to be like, it's going to share the spotlight with with whatever new cart comes out. Because you cool. know we're not getting another Pokemon because we're getting the DLC. Right. Well, before Jesse loses it again, let's get his. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. I'd like to see uh, the, the the remastered Wind Waker and oh, yeah. Twilight Princess yeah. put, put on Switch. Because I, I, 
I bought Twilight Princess for Wii U when that came out, but I had just previously played it, replayed it on the Wii less than a year late earlier. I wasn't in the mood to play it. I never got back to it. So, you know, I'm kind of ready to play that again. And then, uh, Minish Cap remaster. Yes. And they can do some really cool effects, you know, using 3D models with the shrinking and the growing. Oh, that was just thinking the same thing. Or even like, I mean, because we've, we've teased this before about whatever news, whatever they add into the Nintendo online service if they were going to add game boy game boy advance games to that or something like that uh that would be cool but definitely a remaster of minish cap or even yeah, but gpa games look ugly on a big screen r- yeah uh, yes you but i mean it, it remastered handheld. is definitely i mean if they did collections kind of like we have the uh you know the what well, we're doing the whole uh castlevania collection that's a pretty good set collection right there and if they did if Konami did a, another collection of Castlevania games that were that used to be on the GBA because those were I had a lot of fun with the Castlevania games on GBA, so I would love a collection of those. Yeah, they might look crappy, but maybe there's a way to make it not look so crappy. I don't know, or maybe it's just a little bit of remastering, if you will, to bring, be able to bring those to the Switch. But that would be the same thing I would want with either the Metroid games that were on GBA or some of the G, uh, Game Boy or Game Boy Advance games that were Zelda games that were on there, like the Oracle series games, you know, from Capcom. You know, that would be cool for Zelda. Yeah. So there's Mega, a lot of lot of ports they could do, I'm sure. Megadriadigan had some suggestions. One of them is, he goes, what about Final Fantasy VII Remake? I think the Switch would blow up. <laughs> it would literally that my ignite. PlayStation 4 sounds like it's about to take off into orbit like Team Rocket. Then yes. What was the version that they did where they brought out was it 15? I lost track of numbers. It was it was, they, it was the mobile version the cartoon of version. Yeah. So they were maybe like they could a, do that with with TV seven models. remakes. Yeah. They can make a switch version. And then with TV a, a more reasonable uh, <laughs> answer. Yeah, well, this isn't Nintendo, it, it, but the the Disney Afternoon. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you need to finally bring that over. That's a Capcom request, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd be all about that, guys. That Disney get, inject that Disney Afternoon life straight into my veins. Yes, I, that's a great mm-hmm. suggestion. A little off topic. Either of you watch the uh, the new Ducktales? I do not. I watched I don't the first have that ability. season and fell off. Okay, oh, get get on that because they have canonized just about every other Disney Afternoon show in this universe. Like the only thing left, I think, is Gargoyles, and I'm I'm half expecting that by the end of the season. Now hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa! So you're telling me that on the new Ducktales, there's gummy bears? Yes. Sold. Rescue Rangers. Yes. Sold. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Is it on? It's on Disney Plus, right? I don't know. Uh, I'll look that up later. I think think Disney XD might have their own app that might might have them for free. I'm looking it up right now. Watch DuckTales 2017 Disney Plus. And the last episode just introduced Daisy. And oh wow, okay, come on. All right, now I know what I'm doing with my weekend. It's called <laughs> DuckTales, DuckTales Catch Up. 
There um, it is. Yep. I need to do that, and I actually need to finally watch Clone Wars. Um, somehow, I, I I watched that last. I binged it in three days. It is so good. No, I mean like the whole series. Okay, I just watched I season watched seven because I was current, and I never finished Rebels either or watch Resistance. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you with that, Marty. I didn't watch a lot of the cartoons either because I didn't have the means to do it. But now that yeah. Disney Plus has it, yeah. um, I have a lot of catching up. Well, to tell you what, let's do. Let's uh, hop over here and let's uh, take a few minutes to talk about what we've been playing. Tim, you have a uh, unusually uh, full uh, game <laughs> list this week. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about that. What you've been okay. playing. Okay. Uh, I was playing, um, and I just recently got a video of it up, uh, Dread Nautical. It's a tactical RPG, um, kind of gave me some of the Mario Rabbids vibes, you know, where you got to use a grid based system and move around to attack things and stuff like that, or XCOM, even though I have not played either of those games. Um, I just see people, I've seen people play it and that's what made me think of that, but it is a tactical based game, uh, unique story. You're on a ship, um, and you woke up and you're trying to figure out what's going on. You are on vacation, depending on which character you, you picked, uh, you were on this, uh, cruise ship and you're trying to figure out why you woke up and, um, you're in this state of sounds like surrounded by a bunch of not said in the past. Right. Uh, why, why you're s- surrounded by, uh, these like zombie type creatures and that, and different types of creatures and stuff. So, um, but I go on a really good, I, I won't say that it was good, but <laughs> I went into a deep detail in the video, try to make it good as possible, but it is a good 30, 40 minute video that goes into a lot of details of what the game's about. So I would say go check that out if you're interested in tactical games. Give that a, give that a go or, give that a check out uh, of course like everybody else in the world animal crossing um especially with trying to get my room set up or a room set up for our monthly mayhem because it ended today as we were recording uh to take a picture of the room that we wanted to submit for uh voting because uh, all, all those rooms are going to be competing with each other so that's gonna be fun i submitted a room that was just basically um and I can't remember the name of it, but it's a Japanese style room where it's a tatami, I think it is, where you just got that tatami. Tatami is a type of flooring that is used that also you can make beds with. Uh, it's the kind of like your traditional Japanese room where you go in, you take your shoes off and you kneel or sit a certain way on the floor. Um, I created one simple room. Everybody else is doing these magnificent rooms, by the way. Some awesome stuff. If you're in our Discord and seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But um, my room is just a simple tatami room where you, I have the one tatami bed. The whole room is just your basic beige and white room and a pair of shoes off to the side. And that's my that's my submission. It's a simple, I, simple room. Um, so I was doing that and then also learned a lesson this week about turnips and what not to do. I don't time travel. <laughs> I don't time travel. But... I was goofing around with the uh, time zone settings in the uh, in the uh, in the switch and uh, most likely got distracted when I was doing that because I was thinking about family time in Chicago when this all blows over. I wanted to take them. We like going to Chicago. 
Uh, and I was like, well, uh, I was thinking, well, if I took my switch with me, I wonder if it behooves me to be able to switch the time. And I was like, where do I do that at? So I went and messed around with it, changed Chicago time and then sidetracked somewhere where I went back into Animal Crossing um, to do something and then came back out, set things back. And then when I went back to Animal Crossing and I was doing the pictures actually for the rooms, because uh, I was doing, I was trying to decide, do I want to do my main room or this um, tatami room? Um, and then I went to the the spa room that I made, and that's where I had my my turnips. And I found they were all, um, um, what do you call it? Um, when something goes bad, they're just they're all bad. They're rotten. They're, they're, yeah, they're rotten turnips. And it was like I bought them this past Sunday, and I was checking doing this Wednesday night, and I'm like. Why are my turnips rotten? What the heck happened? So I posted that and I had some people online help me and point that out. Did you do this? Did you do that? Of course, the dad's after dark show were teasing me about time traveling. It's like, seriously, I don't time travel. I don't even, not even sure how you do that. But now I do. <laughs> you go in and mess with time settings and you switch. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I would, that's the I penalty would, you pay. I would suggest it's just for a vacation, you know, I would, not even with Animal Crossing, but just in general. I probably wouldn't bother changing the time. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Uh, Cause I was, it was just one of those curious things and bored and messing around with it. So I was thinking, would it be blame the pandemic my interest to have it at the time I'm in? So, but <laughs> what's that? Like spending blame a bunch of money on turnips and then watch yeah. them. Well, right. luckily I didn't spend that much. I only spent a hundred thousand bells on it. So where others I know have spent a lot more And this week, I was like, I'm just going to spend this much. I won't spend all my money, which could have been like 500,000, but it wasn't I only did a hundred thousand. I even had Ibisel who actually, uh, I'm going to just call him out. He, he was awesome and offered to send me money at more bells in the game just because he felt bad. And I was like, dude, don't worry about it. It was a lesson learned. It was only a hundred thousand K. Um, and, but thank you himself for offering that. It truly meant a lot for you to even come in and mention that. So that was awesome. Uh, but le- like I said, lesson learned. And I put it on Twitter when I was talking about this. So hopefully other people will see it. No, don't. Right. Even if you're not time traveling, you're messing with your time settings and your switch. Don't, Mecca, don't do Mecca it. Mecca says, I think switch changes automatically for you. I don't think so because the switch wouldn't switch change your time zone because it doesn't know where you're at geographically like your cell yeah. phone would. Unless um, it communicates with the internet. Well, even though it won't know Wi-Fi where you are. Or something. Oh, it won't, that's true. It, it'll set the time well, to the right time, time, but a, okay. in relation to your time zone. Someone who has relatives in the Eastern time and I live in Central time, I've gone over to Eastern time and it does not change automatically. It changes. Okay. You have to change it manually. Okay. So just don't change it. Yeah. Don't, don't mess like with it. it. It's not important for the switch to be in the same time zone, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if you're playing animal crossing. Not a good um, But yeah, I was really frustrated at first cause I thought it was a Nintendo issue. They did something and I was like, what the heck, you know, but then I, you know, I got over it when I found out it was my stupid error. So all right, so Ninjala, I played that, uh, a lot of it, uh, tr- well, as much as I could between a lot of their downtimes. Between like server that. shutdowns? Yes. <laughs> uh, and then, but I did, was able to catch the good hour of it later at night when they brought it back up. I got a good video on Twitch about it. I did highlights of it that we put it posted on YouTube. Um, 
most of the battles I was able to fight in, I got fifth place until the very last one I got to fight in. I actually made it up to third place, and that was because I got top um, iPod or iPhone uh, for that match with two other people, which I was excited about because I, I really was trying to learn the mechanics of it. And it was kind of hard because of all the issues of trying to get into a match and all that kind of stuff. But when I finally got going, kind of understood some of the mechanics, like being able to parry, and that's going to be huge. If anybody's going to be playing, make sure you learn how to parry um, and get used to those mechanics. Um, you, can, you can even I usually hear, have a problem parrying, which is why I don't like platinum games because okay the gameplay relies on it yeah and this, <laughs> this i'm still learning i still have to learn about it because there's a lot of you use your left stick a lot and if you're going to be using that a lot there's going to be a lot of joy cons going uh drifting of that game i'm sure but uh unless there's a better way like i said i'm still learning about it and also using the bubble gum correctly um because that bubble gum allows you to create bigger weapons be able to fly across the screen or do certain things. So it's, it's a really cool go- game, <laughs> really cool gum, really cool game that I can see a lot of, a lot of people hopping on the board. You know, a lot of Splatoon fans are probably going to pick this up. If Splatoon, if there's no Splatoon three coming out, <laughs> uh, they'll probably jump on this. There's a lot of, uh, um, c- uh, character development, not character development, but, um, you know, you customization. Can, customization. Thank you. That you can do with your characters that looks really cool. You can change their, their music entries, their weapons they use, the color of the weapon. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot more detail we didn't get to see. Uh, I did post on my Twitter page, uh, some pictures of the, uh, player versus player P- PVP, uh, games that, that, that were open and locked so that you, we can see potential of room battles where Kind of like Splatoon, where you'd be able to create a room and invite people to come to it and uh, most likely be able to have a community-type battle within that area. Is a guess. I don't know for sure. It's just a guess based on that description that I saw there. So I'm excited for it. My son, the very first video we got to do when we tried to get online, he got to play at one match. He's loving it. He's excited for it. Drops May 27th, if all goes well with their fixes. Um, and it's free to play. So and yeah. when I was playing it, I noticed in the videos that you can watch too, I noticed that there's a lot of similarities between Fortnite and how they, how they do their systems. Um, and there's, you know, cause they have their rare weapons and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, they do a, you purchase their money type of thing, their ninja dollars or medals or whatever, uh, you gain, that same currency in the game as you play more and more so you can buy things with that currency uh customization of course using the currency to customize your character you even get a little house on the roof that i'm sure with more more time with it you can customize that or add things i'm sure you can slap a sticker on some things or whatever as you earn them so there's this this has potential to blow up not saying it will it's just saying it has potential to blow up, especially in the Nintendo community. So, yeah, like I got to play one match. <laughs> like that was yeah, it. it was very frustrating it, trying to get in. It that, was but. I was in the two o'clock slot or the very I guess it was the very first one, and uh, they eventually just ended up having to shut it down because it was pretty 
bad. And I did manage to complete the entire match and see my results. I ended up in first place. I was second coming out of the match. Uh, But at the end, you can get bonus points. And I think this, this is one thing that like, I liked it because, Hey, I'm in first, but I can see it frustrating a lot of people. Because yeah, you end up in there and with first, and then but somebody like, got yeah, more iPods. Yeah, you've done iPod, good, all, you've done good the entire match. Um, yeah, and I didn't even get the the upon, uh, like the bonus. It was for something else that yeah. I had done. Because um, there's Robots, a drone bonus, and there's, yeah. there's, but I will say this: I really liked what I what I played. Um, I really love the aesthetic. Um, I think my son was be, playing it like the next morning because they had a time where it just yeah. kept going and he was playing for a good hour on it. And he was loving it. I think that uh, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, but what I hope is, and I, I said this to Justin uh, privately uh, earlier this weekend, I were talking about it. Like what I hope that it doesn't do is I hope it doesn't pull a, Mur- a Morphe's law. Cause if you remember, everyone oh, yes, was super yes. excited about Morphe's law and who plays that game now? Yeah. I didn't catch that. Um, and now, and Morphe's Law was paid. Like, you had to pay for that. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, I think Ninjala's got a good shot because I think that the Splatoon command community's behind it, like you said. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with it when it comes out. Right. Uh, like, what, what's it the release date? It won't be as date? big Is as May 27th. Last week of June? May 27th. Oh, May. Ooh. Yep. May 27th. The, the key is going to be for them is if their servers were this bad uh, in a test fire, then they've got to really focus on server improvements yeah. over the well, next Well, Splatoon was really bad with their tests, too. So. See, I don't recall them being that bad. Uh, like, I don't recall like get, being in the Splatoon test fire and getting locked out of an entire, entire hour. The, the, not the second one, the, 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 the Wii U one. So had a lot of growing pains too. So not, you know, being the beta and being the test thing, it's obviously we're going to give them, yeah. you know, a pass, but hope you're right. Hopefully they do figure this stuff out and it's all ready to go. But being that they have Nintendo behind them and stuff like that, although can you be know, more Nintendo's online is a problems you had with the servers. What's that? Can you be more specific with what problems you had with the servers? Uh, they actually wrote up what the problems were. It was a lot of matchmaking problems later on, but at the beginning, it was just overwhelming. Just uh, the amount just, of people that were just uh, bogged down. They bogged down, yeah. Spit up more instances. Right. Yep. So they in their their uh, communication they sent out, it was basically they were saying this. You know, we know what the issues are. We know what we have to do. Our goal is to make sure it's up and ready to go when we launch on May 27th. There was no indication in that writing that they were, you know, they didn't give any kind of like lingo that would have been like maybe May 27th or if, or or we'll we're gonna make sure things work so it could delay this game if because of that. But they're right now their their point was just we know what to do and we're gonna have it ready for launch. Is what they were yeah. saying. So okay. Uh, and then the last game that I played actually just today uh, is Four Kings Casino and Slots uh, that came out as free to play game. Um, I just had a brief moment with it where I was creating my avatar uh, and I started doing the tutorial. You can skip the tutorial, 
there's a lot of time with the avatar actually there's a lot of details in there i tried to get through that as quickly as possible so it took me like 10 15 minutes possibly or at least it felt like that <laughs> uh but then when i jumped in i got to play uh a slot machine um and it's given me tasks to do during this training that i just started getting into so it didn't seem like it slowed down too much i don't usually do casinos so i've walked in there a couple times and played when i was younger i've gone to a couple casinos and played slots but i'm not that familiar with that environment so i don't know what to look for as far as you know is this game authentic or not um I didn't see a lot of smoke, so you know I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but it was it was laid out pretty nice, and it was when I jumped in, I saw other people online, so uh, real people with their characters running through the casino, doing either the same tasks or going to tables that they wanted to play games at. So that seemed seemed interesting. Do you know if um, the table games are played with other people as well, or yes, it looked games? like it. Because okay. I saw their names above their heads all sitting okay. around the tables and all that kind of stuff or sitting at slot machines. So you, you walk around this virtual casino and go to the places you want to play games at. Um, and you, you get you start off with 10,000 uh, um, chips. And at the first uh, slot machine I played, I was earning, you know, some and you can't, you know, max out your chips on that one game at least as far as i can see it actually blocked you they said you can't you can't bet more at this amount until you get to a certain level so it's very interesting and it also looks like there's contests that goes on i didn't get into that too much but you actually get ranked worldwide in this game um yeah i saw in the description of the on the nintendo page that uh it was like three month seasons yes this particular season, I guess, rolls in. I don't know what other systems that we play with, other gamers we're playing with, whether it's other consoles or mobile or PC or whatever. But they said this particular season ends May 31st. So it seems like they've already had a season going on other consoles and then Switch is coming in the middle of it, um, which is fine, I guess, because, you know, someone like me getting used to it. Or maybe it's the tutorial that gives ends at the end of 30 days or something i don't know for sure yeah. but it said the season i think was ending i think the games have also May available 31st. on steam and ps4 okay i think i might have downloaded and played the ps4 version a while back it yeah, so it's gonna be it's definitely gonna be interesting to goof around with and because i like blackjack uh i like uh texas hold'em and i think they i want to dive into some of the t- tutorials they have for other games that i don't know how to play um, so Do they got some pie gal? To... What's that? Do they have pie gal? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? I, know. I like pie gal. <laughs> That's a fun game to play. Yeah. So I also downloaded this game, but haven't had a chance to, to launch it. Uh, so that's something I might to do this this weekend. Well, that's right. it for me. Jesse, what about you? What you been playing? Okay. So I've been put, putting more time into Picross S4. I probably maybe... 70-ish, 80-ish percent done. Uh, I still have some of the big puzzles left. I wanted to, to like, re- record them and put them up on my personal channel when I when I have them. I started trying hey, to record them today, but ended up making an error. So I'm like, all right, I have to restart. And I just threw the video away. 
Well, Jesse, just to let you know, when you were playing your uh, Picross games on Twitch, uh, I was showing my wife you play, playing the when I joined in the middle of it, and then yeah. I went back to to show her the other game, and she said, "Oh, there's color puzzles when you were showing off the color ones." So she went back and bought the other Picross games that she because she was already playing. I think three. No, it was earlier ones, one or two or whatever, whichever one didn't have color. So she decided to go off. Yeah, and I think buy. S3 was introduced to color puzzles. Okay. Yeah, she went off and bought all the other Picrosses. So. Okay, well, now that <laughs> she has, once she has save states for all three games, when she launches the fourth one, she'll have access to three 40 by 30s. Yeah, we saw that on your on your video. <laughs> oh, yes. a little, I did want to say, because when, when I did that video, the, the S and the S2 videos are puzzles were not spawning they were still locked and i found out why i thought that i might have have to pull my safe state down from the cloud because i didn't have it locally anymore that was not the case what was the case is there was an update to the games so since the versions didn't match s4 didn't recognize it but as soon as i downloaded the update to s and s2 s4 said okay you're good gotcha okay so and so if anyone tr- tr- sees that and wondering why they can't access their puzzles, that's why. And the other game that I played a little bit yesterday, uh, this was a, uh, a game that it's called uh, Arcade Spirits. It's uh, We got a pre-release game thanks to uh, P-Cube. It comes out May 1st, so later today. Uh, it's basically... Uh, it's a visual novel dating sim where the setting is a world that didn't have the eight, uh, the arcade or the gaming crash of the eighties. So arcades are like just as popular as like bars are now. And, you know, arcades come and go just if, they, you know, if, if they're not the best and another better one shows up, you know, so there's a big, it's a big competitive market. So you, your main character gets a job at kind of the middle of the run arcade and you, you meet like the six characters that you get to interact with all in your first, first day there. And, and, uh, some of them I'm not a fan of, but some of the characters I think are really funny. And so I, I did, uh, let's, a live stream of the first day, or they called it level one. It's basically a chapter one. Yeah, reading everything out loud slowed me down a bit, of, of course. Well, but it, so the whole thing was about just under two and a half hours. So not sure how long the rest of the game is, but def- I, I was having fun. I, I have uh, kind of an idea of what route I want to take through throughout the story, and uh, I, I do plan on playing more of it. It's interesting. So is it? All right. As you said, dating sim type yeah. game? Or? Yeah. Okay. It, 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 I, know, I, I talked about Doki Doki Literature Club several years ago when, when that first launched. You know, it's where in, in that game, it, it, it's actually it turns out to be a psychological horror game. So when, if you see a warning that says, don't play if you're easily disturbed, take it seriously. But it starts off as a cute anime girl dating sim. For like the first four hours until it's not. <laughs> but, you know, this is a game that's more of a dating sim that is a dating sim. I don't think this is going to go any twisted on me. 
It says on uh, how long to beat someone. I don't know how many people put it in here, but it says uh, eight hours for the main story, 21 hours for completionists. Okay, so maybe there's four chapters then. Four or five. Again, it's about three people pulled for that. Reading Uh, everything out loud, I'm sure, slowed me down versus what it would have been if I read it to myself. Seven total. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) I think I confused Mecha Dragon. Uh, you know, so yeah, yeah, this, this game is called Arcade Spirits, and yes, I compared it to Doki Doki Literature Club, but uh, <laughs> just for one game mechanic, but that's all. All right. Uh, so I've been playing Animal Crossing. What's that that's game? That's it. No. <laughs> that's it. That's all that's I've been it. playing. That's it, yeah. Um, it's no, amazing how uh, much time that game will take. It, it, it does. Like I, I was looking the other day, and I've put more than thirty-five hours into it. That's like an hour a day uh, since it came out. Um, I've also gotten back into Mario Maker Two with the with the new update. There's a ton of new content there. Uh, I am making worlds again, so uh, you can check out the Super Mario Maker um, Two Codes uh, channel in our Discord. And I've dropped a couple of boss fight levels uh, in there. I'm actually working toward doing a full uh, game using some of the levels I'd already made and uh, hopefully finding a way to recreate the levels I made in Mario Maker 1, um, hopefully to use there and do some improvements for those. Some of them are pretty bad, Um, but there's a couple of good ones in there. Uh, You know, it's really more challenging to make good fun to play Mario levels than you think it is. Yeah. Like they're not I, too easy. They're not too difficult. Yeah. I, I was lousy making level levels when I tried on the first game and I literally what, never launched the editor in the second game. What usually happens is that I have like a one specific idea that I want to work on in a level in one part and the rest of it just kind of grows out from that organically as I, as I build um, so I, I think the two levels that I built with the bosses are okay. You can, you can tell me if I'm wrong. So, uh, but that, like I've been playing a lot of that. And, uh, as of today, I picked up Streets of Rage 4. Actually, I didn't pick it up. Yes. We got a code for it, uh, from, uh, Dotemu, I think is the, the company that, or the dev that did this. Um, and it's really, really good. It's really, really good. If like, if you love 2D side scrolling beat 'em ups, then the, like there should be absolutely zero hesitation for you on this game. Absolutely zero. Uh, it's fantastic. The art style is great. It looks like a living comic book. Um, the the music's good. There's tons of Easter eggs for old Streets of Rage games. It's excellent. It's so good. That's exciting. And I, I did a stream of it today. It should be up on our uh, YouTube now, and it's it's definitely on our Twitch. I know that it was on, uh, and it, you can see a link to it on our Twitter account. Uh, so you can check that out over there. It's the first three levels, like the all of level, stage one, two, and three. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I use three out of the four characters, too. I love that they let you swap characters after the levels because it's not it's not like they did a great job, I think, in making the characters feel distinct and, you know, giving you a reason to maybe have a favorite character. So 
it was a yeah, lot of fun to stream and those bosses you were fighting were pretty fun to watch too yeah and uh right after that uh, i went home and, and dove into stage four and got a game over so the difficulty definitely goes up i was even playing on normal uh so there's that that's what i've been playing how about we hop on to the community spotlights to round out the show <laughs> All right, so we've got a couple of questions. One, uh, actually, three questions. One of them came in uh, pretty late over on our Twitter account, and uh, I'll pull that one up for us, guys. Um, but uh, one that we got earlier on in the week uh, is from Chris Logel, and he asked us this: How much inspiration do you think Nintendo takes from all the levels people make in Super Mario Maker Two to incorporate into future Mario games? I joked uh, when I answered that on Twitter, I joked with him and said probably zero to point zero one percent or something like that. And he said he gave it up to five percent uh, chance. Um, but yeah, I I think Nintendo developers are prideful, if that's the right word, and on what they do and do not look for inspiration in that type of area, maybe in other areas, but not this. I would bet, and I'm not. I'm not going to say that like they take ideas, but I would bet there's a few level designers that they that they probably watch. Like yeah, that, they I mean, go, that would be cool. Like too. maybe that they just go. You know what? They get it. Yeah, that'd be awesome if they could find like these people who are going to blow up the the world ability and make a game and be like, like you said, they get it. Maybe offer them to come in and do something. You know like we've heard other developers do with like Sonic and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. uh, that would be really cool. But, um, but actually taking some of those ideas of the really good ones. Um, well, who knows? Nintendo has been changing a lot. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's something that catches that, their eye from a really good it's one. It's funny they, that you mentioned Sonic because as I was playing Streets of Rage 4 today, the thought crossed my mind of, you know what? Sega just needs to take all of its old IP that they're not doing anything with and just let everybody else have it. Because the guy who did Sonic Mania blew it out of the water. The folks who've done Streets of Rage 4 blown it out of the water. Mm. And I'm going to tell you what my number one Sega dormant IP that deserves a reboot in this, like, you know, a loving reboot is, you know what it is? Vector man. Oh, okay. Never heard of it. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was a late in the game, Sega Genesis, uh, yeah. exclusive. They did a two, they did vector man one and two, but like it was, you played this, this robot. He was made up of spheres. I'm not going to say balls because we're not dead after dark. <laughs> Uh, but he was, he was made up of spheres and he had the ability to transform into different things. And your enemy, you're like your arch nemesis was a robot who had gone sentient and transformed himself into a living nuclear warhead. And so that sounds like it could hurt. Yeah. And so like, it was really like for its time was like a really super tight, good side-scrolling platforming yeah. shooter 
Wasn't that the game too? I think they were using to combat Super Nintendo's uh, Donkey Kong Country. I think so. Yes. No, so I've gone back and played it on like the, the Genesis Mini and everything, and it doesn't hold up as well. But like, come on, like Toe Jam and Earl got a reboot. Sonic got a two re- D Sonic got a reboot. Now Streets of Rage has got a reboot. I like it's Vector Man time. Here we go. I I, I think it's time. Yeah. Um, Jesse, what about you? you? You think Nintendo even sees this stuff? Oh, I'm sure they see it, but they, I don't think they take anything from it. You know, they, you know, the, the things that people do are things that Nintendo will consciously never do. And, right. And like you said, it's really hard to make a really good game, uh, a normal game on Super Mario Maker. So, though so that, that mech that someone built late in Maker One's life was pretty amazing. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you know, it's amazing what people are able to do. Like, and like, I know, like, I, I tweeted not long before the the update that Mario Maker Two had kind of really fallen flat because you go in there and the only thing that was in the popular section for a while was like those crazy Kaizo levels, you know, like where you have to like throw the buzzy beetle, spin around, catch it, bop off of it, catch it again. Yeah. Like, Nope. I I, can't do those. Like (laughs) my hats are off to the people who make those. Cause like the intense planning, but those aren't fun. Like, I just don't feel like those are fun for me. I want a normal Mario level. Like, make it as close as you can to a level that would be in a normal Mario game, and I'll like it, right? So, I, But I think the tools that they've given us with this new update, and as well as World Builder, uh, actually make that more possible than it's been since the game came out. I just hate that it's the final update. Yeah. I haven't gone back to it yet. Final free it. update, though, Marty. Final oh. free update. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to go back to it and try some of the new levels, but uh, I have other things I want to play first. It's yeah. not a high priority. Gotcha. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Mecha Dragon 101 writes in and says, Hey, Nintendo Dads, it's Mecha Dragon again. Hope all you guys are staying inside and safe during this mess. From what I've been hearing, the numbers are getting less and less, so hopefully we'll all be able to go out again soon. Yes. Yes, I can't wait to go. And Some bite. states are starting to open up a little bit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, as for my question, I wanted to ask, what what equipment do you dads use for your streams for when you're recording video games and editing your videos? I've been taking a few classes on Adobe Premiere, uh, Premiere Pro on the side on Skillshare in hopes of learning to edit videos once I feel ready to start making video content again. And I wanted to know what would be the best equipment to get since it's easier to get electronics again. If time allows, uh, if time allows it, what PC specs do you recommend your computer to be if you want to stream well? Thank you so much for your time, Dad. Stay safe, and I'm looking forward to the podcast this week. Thank you. Uh, well, let me start out by saying this: that um, I think for streaming, uh, your mileage varies on whatever you've got. Obviously, the best thing that you can have is a great internet connection, uh, and you can do a lot with it, even if your PC is a little bit older or your Mac is a little bit older. Uh, for the last three years, uh, I've done extra life on an Elgato HD 60, which is not, and, and a MacBook Air, which was not optimized for that at all, but I made it work. 
this year, uh, I late last year, I bought a, a new MacBook Pro uh, and upgraded uh, that. So that has helped me out a lot with that. So I do all my editing in iMovie um, and produce all of our graphics with Canva. Um, recently, though, like I noticed when I upgraded the MacBook Pro that the Elgato didn't want to play nice with that. So uh, I was able uh, through the show to get uh, the Avermedia Portable 2 Plus, uh, which not only allows me to stream and record to the computer, it also allows me to put a micro SD card in there and record straight to the device and then use that footage later. Justin Masson has one of those. He totally recommended it to me and it's been, and Tim's got one too, uh, is the best purchase that I've made for streaming, period. It makes it so easy. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really pleased with it so far. Uh, and so the only thing I'm having trouble with right now is that uh, my MacBook Air only has two USB-C outs. Uh, so whenever I'm streaming, I've got my headphones plugged up to one. I've got the capture card plugged up to the other. So I cannot charge my, my MacBook while I'm streaming. So I've ordered a USB hub to, to hopefully help with that. Uh, and as for the, um, as for the, what headphones I use, I'm well, going to have to well, get back What was the name of that device that. again? Nick is asking in chat. Oh, Avermedia uh, Portable 2 Plus. It's normally like a $200 device. And uh, at the start of the pandemic, they had them on sale for $99. And will probably be on sale again. So, like, don't lament if you can't find it on sale. It probably will go back on sale again. But I want to, um, I'll have, it'll take me a minute to pull up the name of the headphones I'm using because they're across the room and I don't want to get up in the middle of the podcast. Anybody else got any suggestions? Well, what my, what my son and I use for, uh, capture device is the Elgato HD60S. Um, that, that is, doesn't have an SD card. So you need a computer attached to it to, and then, whatever software you want. I use OBS to record and or stream content. Uh, I want to get the uh, four, I think they call it the 4K 60 plus to, cause I'm, since I got a uh, 4K TV this last, uh, last year, and I'm probably going to get one of the new, new systems that's 4K capable. I want to be able to record 4K content so this is not a cheap device. This is a four hundred dollar uh, unit. It does take an SD card, not a micro, but a full size. And right now, the full size in the higher capacity is more expensive than the micro, which is backwards of what you'd expect it to be. So, like a one terabyte SD card is four hundred dollars, the same price as the unit itself. So I'm gonna wait a bit before I buy memory for it. But you can also use it in connection with a computer to stream and record the same way if you don't have the card to, to record directly. You know, figure something like that might be nice, if, you know, going to events like you know, E3 next year if there is one, if I'm able to just connect it up and record stuff without having to bring out a laptop, which is what I was planning on doing last this year. In terms of you know, internet, so like... I'm, I'm recording, I'm streaming this at about six megabits a second. Just this, which is overkill for people talking, but is 
pretty much what you'd want if you're streaming 1080p content, you know, gaming content. Uh, most home internets, like if you buy a 100 megabit package, you might get five or 10 up, upstream. And that's what you need is the upstream. Um, if you're wanting to do real time streaming. So you want to make sure you get the, the highest upstream you can get. And as for your computer, you know, if any, I think the minimum requirements for streaming with this HD I have was like a, a fifth gen i5, which is now five years ago. So any any i current i5 or i7 processor, or if you're going Ryzen something equivalently third gen, uh, would be more than enough. If you're planning on doing recordings. You know, get as much hard drive space as you want. You know, I've talked about my, I have a 12 terabyte RAID array in my system that, you know, that's overkill, but at least I'm not going to run out, which is, I ran out of space all the time in my last system. Yeah. If, if you're wanting to stream games you're playing on your PC, then you'll need a beefier machine because the machine's got to handle playing the game and record it. If you're just streaming Switch stuff, then he doesn't have to worry about rendering the game, just rendering the recording. And there's something else I wanted to say, but it's slipping my mind. If I remember it, I'll bring it up. Well, and, and one thing I failed to mention earlier, and I there, I mean, there was a lot there, and, and I, I may have missed it, is that knowing your way around OBS is necessary, almost, to stream. I mean, the software that comes with uh, the Avermedia 2 Plus can stream, but with us, like we go through Restream.io and we're able to restream or, or we're able to stream the multiple sources at once and figuring that out and figuring out OBS. OBS allows you to control the look of your stream uh, however you want, you know, add a background. We're, we're doing that right now. If you're watching on YouTube, this is run through OBS. Uh, and so it allows you to, to control and do a lot more, but it does take a little bit to learn yeah. as well. Legato does come with software that you use to record and stream and is somewhat uh, configurable, but I've liked OBS so much yeah. since I started using o- OBS it. OBS is really good. I and if you're, haven't if even you're bothered gonna, trying to learn the Elgato software. If you're on a Mac, there's not an official uh, OBS, but there's Project OBS, which you can download, and it's just yeah. as... It's the same thing. Episode asking about Stream Deck. There is there is an OBS Stream Deck version, which I think does have more integrations with stuff, stuff like Twitch. I don't use that version. I'm just using the vanilla. I think probably the Project one. Yeah, I'm using OBS 25 right now. I don't know what code name it is. This is definitely a uh, large rabbit hole that you can go down very easily and get yeah. lost. So, oh, yeah. What did you think of it, Jesse? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, in terms of video editing software, I use Vegas Pro. I think I have version 17, which is the latest. Um, that, that, you know, not a cheap license, but uh, definitely you know, I was able, I've been able to do some pretty good things with it. I've been using it to make the videos. I did, I did the Pokemon... Go and Pokemon Let's Go videos last year, and I think I did some pretty fun things with that. Cool. Those were awesome, too. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I also want to circle back around. I know I I said I was going to get the the name of the headset I use. It is a Corsair Void Pro. 
Uh, the only problem with it is that it is, it has a ton of configurable options on Windows machines and none of those are available on a Mac. You mm -hmm. can plug it in and use it as a headset. That's all you can do. Oh, and then they asked in the chat about Stream Deck. Yeah, you know, I have a Stream Deck. I use it for the soundboards. Um, there's, you know, you can also program the buttons on it to do things specific to a stream. Like if you have multiple scenes set up in OBS, I can change them with a push of a button without having to do it in OBS directly. Or there's, there's they have Twitch controls. So there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, I haven't even bothered learning yet because I'll really, yeah. all I wanted it for was it for the soundboard capability. Yeah. For me, it's uh, just a lot of it's been simplified for me. One, because of financial reasons and two, just because of, uh, well, I guess mainly just because of financial reasons. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, but, uh, over the years, I've tried to upgrade a little bit here and there, but, um, simplified side of things. If you're trying to get started and you're building up to the, the bigger things, there's no way I can compete with what Jesse said. I mean, that's stuff I'm trying to get to as well. But the things that I've done over the years is starting simple. Um, first, I've just used the 30 second section, 30 second um, capture on the switch and caught certain things and put those together took it off my SD card, put it together and used my software to put together a video. So if you're learning Adobe Pr Premiere Pro, you're, you know, great because there's a lot of cool stuff in that, that you can use with that. So I've done it that way where I've just used the switch uh, to capture that, put those things together. And I still do that today. If you've seen any of my videos and not saying I know everything about that, we certainly have better people who know all kinds of better ways to do videos. But for me, it's just more I'm having fun with it. I'm sharing the stuff. So sometimes I'll use my own switch capture methods to pull it off the SD card and put it together in the software. Now, the software I use is called Camtasia. And again, a simple $100, $150, depending on when you buy it, a tool that I buy and I own the license. I'm not paying a monthly fee for it. So I buy that and that's where I put a lot of my content together and it has some nice, easy tools in there. Simple, uh, audio editing that has worked well for me in the past. And there has been times where it hasn't, but it might have been because of user error. Um, cause I think of the way I was exporting the information. But anyways, um, I've bought a blue microphone because I've always heard blue microphones have always are really good. And I'm sure there's other ones as well. But again, I was able to get this one at a really good price. I still use my uh, uh, Ness, uh, Blue Ness. I don't think they make these anymore. But similar to this, uh, they still sell the Snowball, which is last time I looked and I was talking to um, um, someone about that earlier, was that it was like 50 bucks for the Snowball. So, I mean, it's something you can start with there. Um, I also have the Avermedia device where I capture that stuff. And mainly since I got a new computer last year or two, um, I've been, I haven't been using it on the, the, the no PC version of it, use of it where you can record without a PC because I just directly connect it to this and use it as a way to set up my switch through the PC and play it on my monitor. So, and it just works. <laughs> um, but it does, it, when I have taken it off there, like if I've taken it upstairs to record something, it's 
an absolute godsend of a tool for me to be portable. You can switch it over to, you know, no PC mode and you're just capturing in, plug in your headset, plug in your controller. There's a lot of it. There's a few videos that Avermedia has on that to understand what you should plug in where to help with that. But that's, I enjoyed that device a lot. And actually I sold Jesse, my Elgato, cause I had that first, but my PC, cause the, the laptop I was using wasn't technically mine and I had to give that up. The new, oh, I forgot laptop about that. I, the new <laughs> laptop I was using couldn't use the Elgato. So the Avermedia was actually, uh, worked well with the laptop I had at the time. So, so, so the one I used was yours and my son picked up his own a few months ago. Yes. So, um, but those, again, I was tr- trying to, simplify things again i have to steal series headset i love those uh, this is my second pair actually because i've killed the other one i actually bought two pairs this time so i could leave one at work and leave one at home instead of traveling with the same set because i think that's what killed my headset the last time um but they again they don't make the, i don't think they're making these anymore the arctis threes they're promote heavily promoting the arctis ones which uh justin uses a really good device though the only problem is, is that I don't like about the Arctis ones is that you can't use two devices at the same time. Like I can with the Arctis threes where I can use Bluetooth with my phone, but use the line in with a, a switch. If I was using my phone and switch together. Yeah, I was um, using the same headset he has. My, my previous headset was a, was a v, v Moda. Uh, I, I don't know if you can see it, but I actually have my avatar engraved on the plate yes <laughs> but uh you know I, I went with the cheap cheap version of this that's why the, the earpiece is so small but I, i'd like the ones that fully cover versus just sitting on top which is why i don't use this one much anymore yeah, yeah. these are just a cheapo pair of jvcs um i'd already spent enough on the mic setup that i have right now for podcasting which i bought the yeti blue podcasting combo uh, that was uh, being sold earlier this year, and it comes with an arm, a shock, a shock uh, absorber, and the Yeti Blue microphone, uh, as well as um, all the like doodads to put it all together. Uh, and so I've really been impressed with it. I don't use it for make, for doing streams just because it's the arm is attached to my desk and the TV is across the room, so I have to move back and forth. So I hope that's helped you and has not been confusing. I know we didn't really talk about PC specs, uh, but if you're looking for information on that, uh, Jesse would be the guy like to just get the list from and, and go from there. We talked about it a little bit, but probably not as much as we could have. Uh, one last question here. This is from Bruce Patterson. You know, I, I love this question. I think this is going to really um, be, be one to look at. It says a uh, question for the show. What do you think? I'm thinking of selling our Wii U in games and all of the Disney Infinity characters that we have to update my Switch to a newer one. My boy has a light, also my wife. My daughter is getting one in November. Should I keep it for prosperity? That's a rough one. Uh, you know, I, I I'm kind of have a collector mentality. So when I buy things, I normally don't want to get rid of them. Even if they are just sitting in a box, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, speaking as someone who still has the Wii U and still has it hooked up here at my office, um, 
the whole reason that I kept my Wii U is for two reasons. Number one was Wii compatibility because I don't have a Wii in or, uh, serviced anymore from what I understand. The second is, is the question you have to ask yourself, Bruce, is this, is how much money do you have tied up in digital games? All right. Like how much, how much money do you have tied up in games that cannot be either they didn't come over to the switch and you can't get them anymore, or you just spend a lot of money on the eShop? Uh, because the reality is unless you go through a third party seller or a third party buyer, um, like you're selling yourself on eBay or something like that, then you're not going to get anything for those Disney Infinity characters. Absolutely nothing. Uh, my son has two drawers full of Skylanders at, at home. And the last time I checked on prices for those, they were, uh, our local game exchange was going to give me a quarter a piece. Still pretty good. <laughs> it is still, I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it's like they're sitting there doing nothing or I'm getting a quarter for them. Uh, but like, don't expect like dollars for your right. Disney Infinity figures. They're like, unless you're selling to a collector. Yeah. Like, and you may want to, you may want to look at that. Uh, if you don't have anything encumbering you to the eShop and you, and you can find somebody to buy those characters, I say go for it. If, unless like you just have to have the nostalgia thing. But I'll say this. If there's even an inkling that you're going to want the Wii U again, don't do it. Keep it, tough it out, save up the money, get the switch that way. Yeah, and, and going on that inkling thing is if if you've ever done it before and you've on any other system and you regretted it, you're going to regret this one too. Um, even though it wasn't that big of a deal for a lot of people, obviously it didn't sell that well. It was a big deal to you. You bought it and you got some good games probably for it, probably some games that don't that haven't been brought over. Uh, I would say it's going to be one of those systems that people are going to want. Maybe it's not right now, but later on, if you can hold on to it, hold on to it. And then if you, even if you are willing to sell it now, sell it when it's hot, when everybody's looking for it. Um, and if not, you still got it, you know, like, like Marty said is uh, be able to play some of those old games you might've downloaded too. So it's a great system. Unfortunately, it didn't do well. And uh, for me personally, I kept mine as well because of past experiences where I did sell things in order to get the next best thing. And now I've regretted it. I even regret selling my PS Vita because I had to sell that in order to put money towards the Switch when I was pre-ordering that. Um, but I researched a lot about what was coming to the Switch or potentially coming to the Switch 2 where I was like, okay, a lot of the games I like on the Vita, maybe not all of them, especially the Sony-specific ones, but a lot of the ones that were there already were looking like they were going to come to the Switch. Like Axiom Verge, for example. That was one I was like, I love Axiom Verge on, on PS Vita. I was into it at the time. And then I was like, as soon as I got any inkling that it was going to come over to the Switch, I was like, okay, I, I felt that was the game that was like, for sure, I was ready to sell that Vita too. But that's the thing is like, even though I did that, I'm regretting it because there's still those other games that I miss on the Vita from that aspect. The other aspect of it is, is are you the type of gamer who does like to go back and play your games, those old games that you played before? Or are you the type of gamer that likes to move forward? 
So if you're like the, you're just looking forward and just keep buying the newest games. And then if it happens to come out again on that new system, you buy it and play it again, then sell the, I would say we sell the Wii U. But if you're that person who definitely likes to go back to their old games and the old systems or has any thought of, I wish I could have gone back to my Super Nintendo and play a certain game, hold on to the Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree here. My, you know, it's, it's connected to this uh, to, to this capture card because you know, like the video I tried, I started making back in February and never, never finished it. I'm, Tokyo. Yeah, I'm wondering if I'm. I'm hoping to get around to finishing that video. But uh, nice. so, yeah, I still have my Wii U. I, I, I gave it to my son and had to ask for it back in order to get footage for that. Video. <laughs> there you go. Don't give it away. Uh, I think the consistency here is probably to, to save it and save up your money. Uh, well, guys, that has been episode 278 of Nintendo Dads. We want to thank you for hanging out with us. It's been good to be back. It's been good to hang out with you, uh, guys, Jesse and Tim. Uh, and we want to thank you, patrons, uh, for making this show possible. We also want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers, uh, who make that, who really, they're they're in at the thirty buck level. They're the big believers. They're the ones who are all in. And so, thank you to them: Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, Antonio Contronio, uh, and a couple others. Uh, and I'm sorry I missed your names. I closed down Patreon, and you can fire all of your anger emails to Justin Masson uh, at uh, <laughs> at NintendoDads.org, uh, and he'll get your name right on the show next week. Uh, guys, you can also head over to our website. That's nintendodads.org. All of our YouTube videos, tweets, podcast episodes, social media are linked to our Patreon page, as well as the Nintendo Dads shop for Nintendo Dads merch. And by the way, let me mention right now that that t-shirt contest is going on now through May 31st. You can find the details for that in the Discord, on our Twitter, and on our Facebook page. If you want to help design a brand new t-shirt for Nintendo Dads for 2020, Get in on that, and you can be a part of history. You can also find us in most places that people are social, like Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Just type in Nintendo Dads, and we're there. You can email us at nintendodads at gmail.com, or you can call in and leave a good old-fashioned voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS. That's 929-256-3237. Big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. Be sure... Rate us and review us on your podcast app of choice. That's CastBox, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. A five-star review with written words helps people find the show and lets people know about all the goodness going on right here at Nintendo Dads. So for me, for Tim, and for Jesse, this has been episode 278. Thanks for hanging out with us again. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening into Nintendo Dads. Wobble Puffet? Wobble Buffet?